Russia-Ukraine war Ukraine claims to retake a small southern village. Constant Mihut Daniel Victor Allen Yuhas Constant Mihut Jesus Jimenez. Ukraine's military said on Monday that its forces had retaken the small village of Robotyne, a sign that the troops waging Kiev's counteroffensive are pushing through Russia's initial defenses on the southern front line. Robotyne has been liberated, Ukraine's deputy defense minister, Hanna Maliar, said. She told the Military Media Center, a media platform for Ukraine's Ministry of Defense, that Ukrainian forces were now advancing southeast despite fierce resistance from Russian forces. While Ukraine's claim could not be independently confirmed and there was no immediate comment from Russia's Ministry of Defense, the Ukrainian military had said that its forces entered the village last week and were pushing through it. One goal of the counteroffensive Kyiv launched in June is to reach the Sea of Azov and drive a wedge through Russian-occupied territory in southern Ukraine. Ukraine's military has said that its forces are pushing along two lines of attack, driving toward the cities of Melitopol and Berdyansk. Robotyne lies along one of those lines, where for weeks Ukrainian forces have been held up by dug-in Russian forces and dense minefields. While Robotyne is tiny, its recapture could help boost the Ukrainian public's morale after two months of grinding fighting that has produced few quantifiable gains. It is the first settlement Ukraine has claimed to retake since Urizhain, also in the south, nearly two weeks ago. Even getting as far as Robotyne has cost Ukrainian forces heavy casualties and a great deal of equipment for only a few miles of territory gained. Driving Russian forces out of Robotyne could give Ukrainian troops an opening for a larger breakthrough on the southern front line, although it is unclear how far they will be able to go. About 18 miles south of Robotyne stands the Russian-controlled city of Tokmak, a road and rail hub whose recapture could ease the way for Ukrainian forces toward Melitopol, the gateway to the Sea of Azov. But, satellite images show that to reach Tokmak, Ukrainian forces will have to breach two more Russian defensive lines made up of trenches, dense minefields, earthen berms and anti-tank barriers. Such defenses are designed to slow Ukrainian advances and force them into bloody combat. At the same time, Russia's military could send reinforcements to the Robotyne area to engage Ukrainian forces in open terrain. While the second and third lines of defense make final preparations for combat, military analysts wrote in a paper released in June by the Center for Strategic and International Studies, a Washington-based research group. In recent days, some military analysts and also have suggested that Russia's military might be shifting forces from the eastern front line in Ukraine to the south. If that is correct, it raises the possibility that those forces could be deployed around Robotyne, although they could also be sent to reinforce the next defensive line. President Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine said on Sunday that he believes Washington will offer his country security guarantees similar to those Israel enjoys in its relationship with the United States, a durable partnership that does not depend on which party controls the White House. While the United States has invested billions in military aid for Ukraine, it has not guaranteed how long, or to what extent, support will continue. Some military analysts and administration officials have pushed for the United States to follow the so-called Israel model with Ukraine, which could offer the country more long-term stability and potentially send a message of deterrence to Russia. With the United States of America we will probably have a model like Israel, where we have weapons and technology and training and finances and so on, he said in an interview broadcast on Ukrainian television on Sunday.
He added that he did not believe a new American president would endanger such an agreement because these are things that are voted on by the Congress. Ukraine's larger ambition is to join NATO, which unites the United States and many of Ukraine's European counterparts in collective defense. Some, including President Biden, have been reluctant to admit Ukraine into the alliance, partly because an attack on one member is considered an attack on all, potentially drawing the United States and the other members into direct conflict with Russia. NATO said in July it would invite Ukraine to join, but has not offered a timeline. The Israel model would represent a middle ground between NATO membership and the current system, a series of one-off military aid bills passed by Congress. Israel is not part of the Atlantic Alliance, but the United States designates it a major non-NATO ally. Cooperating on defense, supplying weapons, coordinating spy agencies and offering billions in military aid. Since the 1960s, American presidents, both Democratic and Republican, have consistently reaffirmed the close relationship. With an Israel-like relationship, Ukraine could benefit from a long-term aid agreement that would help it build up its military over a matter of years. But Mr. Zelensky's optimism does not guarantee American action, and appetite for Ukrainian support varies among U.S. politicians. Though Democrats are largely united behind continued military aid for Ukraine, Republican presidential candidates were split on the question at last week's debate and former President Donald J. Trump, the overwhelming frontrunner for the Republican nomination, has said the war is not a vital U.S. interest. https colon slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash interactive slash 2023 slash 08 slash 18 slash a slash politics slash republican dash candidates dash 2024 dash ukraine dot html. In Congress, some Republicans have bristled at the money allocated to Ukraine, and it is unclear how the spotlight of an election year, paired with a conflict that has shown few signs of ending soon, could change the political landscape. In the interview on Sunday, Mr. Zelensky acknowledged that nations do not want to be drawn into a NATO war, which would be World War III, but said that Ukraine needs security agreements as it waits to join the alliance. Later, these security guarantees may decrease, someone may refuse, but we need them on our way to NATO, he said. Israel is not a NATO member and does not have a formal defense treaty with the United States. But the United States has for decades designated Israel, a major non-NATO ally, signed multiple defense cooperation agreements with it, and provided sophisticated weapons and billions of dollars in military aid. As Ukraine awaits a firm timetable for NATO membership, President Volodymyr Zelensky said in an interview over the weekend that he believes the United States will follow the Israel model with his country in the meantime. Here is a look at what that means. What is the Israel model? Since the 1960s, one American president after another has described U.S.-Israeli ties in terms of ironclad support and deep cooperation, much like the special relationship between Britain and the United States. That led to close coordination between American and Israeli spy agencies and helped Israel develop one of the world's most technologically advanced militaries. Although American military aid normally requires the purchase of U.S.-manufactured weapons, Israel has been allowed to use some of that money to buy Israeli-made weapons, contributing to the growth of its defense industry into a powerhouse. That special allowance is being phased out. The United States has supplied vast sums to Israel over the years. 
In 2016, for example, Congress passed a 10-year security assistance agreement, pledging $38 billion through 2028. The Biden administration has sent more than $41 billion in military assistance to Ukraine since the start of the war, while surpassing that sum. How would it apply to Ukraine? Washington's military aid to Ukraine so far has been allocated on an ad hoc basis. Under an Israel-style arrangement, Congress could pass a long-term military aid agreement that would help the Ukrainians build up their military over a matter of years. It could also potentially foster the growth of Ukraine's defense industry by allowing for the purchase of arms from Ukrainian manufacturers, said Grant Rumley, a fellow at the Washington Institute for Near East Policy, a research group. Such a relationship, he added, would send a strong message to Russia without entangling the United States in a formal treaty. Critically, it would avoid a provision like NATO's Article 5, which declares that an attack against one member state is an attack against them all. Some critics argue that it wouldn't, and that the only effective deterrence is NATO membership for Ukraine. If the transatlantic community consigns Kiev to the Israel model, Ukraine will be left indefinitely in the gray zone of insecurity that has repeatedly catalyzed Putin's hegemonic ambitions into violent actions, Ian Brzezinski, a senior fellow at the Atlantic Council, wrote in an article recently. Western leaders, including President Biden, in an effort to avoid a full-blown conflict with Russia, have said NATO membership for Kiev will have to wait until the end of the fighting. Whereas the U.S. relationship with Israel benefits in part from decades of strong bipartisan support in Congress, it is unclear how long American lawmakers will agree to underwrite Ukraine's war effort. Although Democrats are largely united behind continued military aid for Ukraine, Republican presidential candidates were split on the question at last week's debate. In Congress, some Republicans have bristled at the money allocated to Ukraine, and it is unclear how the spotlight of an election year, paired with a conflict that has shown few signs of ending soon, could change the outlook for continued support. Israel and Ukraine also face very different threats with very different militaries. Israel possesses a powerful army, advanced weaponry, and a nuclear arsenal, Ukraine, which gave up its nuclear weapons in the 1990s, rebuilt its military from Soviet stockpiles while fighting an invasion. Israel's enemies, who range from Palestinian militants to the more sophisticated Iran, do not include a global superpower armed with nuclear weapons. The Russian authorities have officially confirmed the death of the Wagner mercenary chief Evgeny V. Prigazin, with investigators saying on Sunday that genetic testing showed that the victims of a plane crash last week matched all the names on the jet's manifest. The announcement put an end to several days of speculation over the fate of the mercenary chief, who was presumed to have died in the plane crash on Wednesday, just two months after he launched a failed mutiny against Russia's military leadership. U.S. and Western officials believe the crash was the result of an explosion on board and several have said they think that President Vladimir V. Putin of Russia may have had Mr. Prigazin killed in retaliation for his mutiny, suggestions the Kremlin on Friday dismissed as an absolute lie. HTTPS colon slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash 2023 slash 08 slash 25 slash world slash Europe slash Prigazin dash Putin dash killing dash denial dot HTML question mark search result position equal sign 8. 
Svetlana Petrenko, a spokeswoman for Russia's investigative committee, said in a statement on Sunday that the identities of all 10 victims have been established and that they correspond to the lists stated in the flight manifest. Mr. Prigazin and Wagner's top field commander, Dmitry Atkin, were listed as passengers on the plane. Russian authorities had said they were awaiting the results of an investigation before confirming the identities of the 10 people on board. In his first comments about the crash, Mr. Putin on Thursday spoke obliquely of Mr. Prigazin's death, referring to him in the past tense. He made some serious mistakes in life, but he also achieved necessary results, Mr. Putin said. Mr. Prigazin led the Wagner Private Military Group, which has operated in Syria, Africa and Ukraine to advance the Kremlin's interests while gaining a reputation for military effectiveness and severe brutality. In Ukraine, the group shored up Russian forces and drew the Ukrainian military into a costly fight for the eastern city of Bakhmut, which Russia captured in May after a nearly year-long battle. To build out the private army, Mr. Prigazin recruited thousands of ex-prisoners to join Wagner's ranks. He also became increasingly critical of the Russian military leadership's handling of the war in Ukraine, accusing them of corruption and incompetence. In June, Mr. Prigazin led a short-lived mutiny against the top military leadership. The rebellion presented Mr. Putin with the most dramatic and public challenge to his two-decade rule and speculation had been rife that the Russian president would not let such an affront go unpunished. HTTPS colon slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash 2023 slash 08 slash 24 slash world slash Europe slash Prigazin dash Putin dash Russia dot HTML. A cargo ship carrying steel from Odessa has become the second to travel through a temporary corridor set up by Ukraine's government for civilian vessels, according to Marine Traffic Data, https colon slash slash www.marinetraffic.com slash and slash a slash home slash centerx colon three zero dot six slash centuri colon four five dot eight slash zoom colon eight. As of Sunday night, the Liberian-flagged cargo vessel, Primus, was off the coast of Romania en route to Dakar, Senegal, after using a route set up following Russia's decision to pull out of an agreement that guaranteed safe passage to Ukrainian grain exports. President Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine said that the vessel was loaded with steel for African consumers and that it had reached Romanian waters after successfully navigating through our temporary Black Sea corridor. We defend freedom of navigation with real deeds and the world benefits from stability, he said on X, formerly known as Twitter. I thank everyone who made this possible, our port workers, our warriors, and everyone who defends freedom. The temporary corridor, which hugs the coast from Ukraine to Turkey, was established to allow passage for civilian ships that have been docked in Ukrainian ports since before Russia's full-scale invasion began in February 2022. Last summer, Russia agreed to allow Ukraine to restart shipments of grain from a trio of Black Sea ports, ending a blockade that had been in place for months. After repeated threats to pull out of the deal, Russia left the agreement in July, claiming that terms easing its own exports were not being honored. Moscow vowed to treat vessels arriving and departing from Ukraine as hostile and stepped up its targeting of Ukraine's granaries and ports, https colon slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash 2023 slash 07 slash 21 slash world slash Europe slash Ukraine dash Russia dash grain dash shipping HTML. Ukrainian officials responded by laying out the new temporary corridor. 
It passes through a maze of maritime mines that have been deployed to protect Ukraine's coast, allowing ships to then chart a course out of the Black Sea via the territorial waters of three NATO members, Romania, Bulgaria and Turkey. So far, however, neither of the vessels to use it has carried grain. Earlier this month, the Joseph Schult, a nearly 1,000-foot-long container ship, left Odessa in the first test of the new corridor. The company that owns the vessel, which was not designed to carry grain, said it was held 2,000 containers of goods.